Uh, it started with needing needing a lot of sleep, finding it very difficult to focus, concentrate, think, motivated. Uh, there'd be some days I could only work 15 minutes the entire day. I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to uh, get get it together. Just just sitting on the couch, just can't get up, can't get moving, tired, slothful, dragging, everything's dragging. And I'm, I'm still occasionally there, but I'm doing a lot better these days. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a house and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started. farm to help and to wander. Me and the family, a truck and an RV, send us a message and there will be. This is the Farm Hop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt Rozier. Today, my guest is Christopher Devidal. Deva, Deva. I, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't know either. It's all right. Yeah, it's... I really don't. I don't know how to pronounce my own last name, and it's I've heard it from, officially from from people in. It's a French name, and I've heard people say Devidal or Duvidal, and I just just don't call Devidal. me late for dinner. There you go. <laughs> he is the passionate builder of Secure Farm Homestead Automation, living in Hollister, Florida. He and his wife Charisse, along with the three kids are starting a small homestead with trees, plants, bees, and are planning soon to bring in chickens, ducks, ponds, and rabbits. Um, and if you're on MeWe, it's hard to miss Christopher because he was like the <laughs> MeWe meme lord of MeWe. Like it's uh, just, just uh, you're, you're, you're all over the place. At the, all right. Like, uh, do you, yeah, so how how you doing tonight? Oh, much better than I deserve. Yeah, my dad was a... Uh, <laughs> A semi-professional comedian. I mean, a comedian, a clown. He was a semi-professional clown. He went to uh, clown school, and he just had. Uh, he just always loved making people laugh, and I picked up that from him. And so, um, memes are a great way for a guy with that's tired a lot to just make people laugh, just share people, you know, make people uh, think and laugh and enjoy it, enjoy life. So, sure. yeah, that makes sense. Um, if you're wondering about, uh, for those listening, any background noise, uh, Christopher works late at night and he's outside of, uh, of a Whole Foods using yep. their Wi-Fi. So if you have, hear any weird noises, that's what that is. Yeah. And it's not like he's homeless. Uh, he, he's just on a bench outside Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. But I am, uh, working away from home. Uh, and that's one of the things I wanted to mention tonight, like, uh, is how I, I would, uh, if I wanted to move out into the, if I want to save money, this is what we did. We moved out to the country 
I commute into town, which is like an hour and a half too far to do every day. I mean, you could do it, but I just, I value my time too much. So um, I commute into town, I sleep in my car and I just, you know, scrub up and, and go in and it's great. It works great. You know, I save a lot of money that way. Um, sure. And you could do that in just about any car. I've got a van, van, but we're thinking about downsizing to a Corolla. So, you know, when you're where there's a will, there's a way. So, you know, the only trick is like, hey, I've got a podcast I got to be on. So, where am I going to find Wi Fi? So, I think, oh, I'll just go over to the, to the Whole Foods. So, there you go. Yeah. So, how let's, let's talk about your homestead journey because um, okay. you're just starting. It kind of sounds like you're kind of just starting out or about to expand. Like, how did you get started? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, can you want to see pictures now or do you want to? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. This is the world right now, and this is my silly little garden that I'm staying sane with. Nice. Yep. <laughs> it's a meme. <laughs> um, next. So we got this uh, this section of my mother-in-law's property. We're saving money, and we're living in an RV, and it's great. And we're just loving it. Um, we plop down on the RV out there. We've got all of our basic needs that I met and a lot of our wants as well. And it's just beautiful. Just look out like, you know, you can see the rain coming in there. Um, and uh, it's not very large. The whole area of the property that we're personally responsible for is about um, uh, oh, about an acre. You could and half of that is, is forest. So you might think of that in permaculture as I believe up in zone five. Um, yep. But uh you know, it, it, so we've got really only about uh, a quarter of an acre of of uh, growing space. Okay. And that's, that's we're filling that out. And uh, her mom has plenty of room as well. So as we as we uh, overflow, she's got uh, a total of two and a half acres. Uh, so between the two, we'll have uh, plenty of room to, to spread and, and do trees and fun things like that. Nice. Yeah. All right, so the first one is I just transplanted these aloe. We got plenty of aloe coming in. Um, they're looking a little sick because they just got put in, but aloe, uh, but they, but the centers are green and that's healthy and that's making me happy. So mm. glad about good, that. Good. Uh, we have uh, some anise hyssop, some autumn olive, balsam, calendula, beans, cucumbers, bok choy. Down in the lower right corner are some sweet potatoes that I planted last year, and they decided to come up through the, the weed cloth. They're very mm. uh, vigorous, so I, I'm, I'm happy to see those. Um, go, this, go, can you go back one? Yeah. Those uh, are interesting. Uh, well, both. you got two different kinds of raised beds going on. Yeah. you got like, like almost like, I don't know what, what those are, the, the reddish Tomato ones planters. on... Uh, yeah. And cinder blocks. And then the ones in the foreground that are yeah. black, are yeah. those like uh, just, I don't know, just raised? Like, they, like they're like they meant to be raised beds? Like they got like leaves yeah, on they them are. already? Yeah, they are. They, um, okay. They're the, the ones in the rear are like tomato style uh, cages. The holes in the bottom there are meant to uh, hold water and they, they reach down. Sort of crack key style. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's sort of like an earth tainer, one of those things. Okay. Um, and in Florida, raised beds 
uh, raised containers don't do so well, but she's just trying them out anyway. And I'm thinking we really need to get them in the ground. Is it because of the heat? Like the soil just dries out too much? Yeah. The, 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 one of the benefits of raised beds is that the, the soil gets warmer faster and we don't need that. Sure. We, we don't need that at all. So it, one of the ways that you, uh, in keeping with the theme of this talk, is that it, 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 one of the ways that you um, do survival regenerative uh, gardening is by just really understanding well your um, your climate, your soil, and how that's going to work. Um, but, you know, even so, even though these are not ideal, um, we're still getting good growth out of at least the bok choy. They're very happy there. Um, I had uh, a little meal the other day. She made some with had the bok choy in it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is here is a beauty berry, and they're uh, native, and they grow like crazy, like weeds. And they are uh, they they're bright pink purple. I wish I had thought to bring up a, a picture of them, but uh, well, the berries are a bright pink purple, and they just look they they live up to their name. They're beautiful. It's more beauty berry. They just pops up everywhere. This is a Bolivian sunflower. It's a great for a chop and drop. And it, it you just stick it in the ground in the sandy soil and it just comes up. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so this is camellia, apple, bay laurel, and society garlic. And along with that are a lot of um, weeds that are uh, bahia grass. The, uh, the grass that's in between you know the, the bird uh, water and and all that is uh, is a, is, a, is a kind of a weed around here. It comes up, looks like a letter Y, uh, and I would have chopped it all down uh, for this presentation, except when I got out there and I started walking one day, I realized there are bees everywhere in the bahia grass. They are going nuts for it. And I didn't know that that was a uh, heavy uh, th that pollinators depend on that. So I'm are not they aggressive. What's that? Are they aggressive bees? No, they're just honeybees, and then they oh, might okay. they might be from a hive that that fled. Uh, I had uh, two hives last year, and they might even be from my hive. So they uh, are are foraging in on those bahia grass, and I mean you could stand out in the morning and you just hear bees everywhere. Hmm. So I am not hesitant to. Uh, I mean not 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 in a hurry to chop down those weeds. I'm just going to let them grow. And they'll they'll pull up the biomass from the uh, the soil way down, you know, like 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 weeds like to do, and they'll collect all the nutrients. I'll chop them, drop them, and they'll deposit their nutrients right on the surface for the plants that I need. You know, so I'm not sweating uh, these um, these flat these uh, uh, weeds popping up. This is uh, you might recognize as comfrey. Oh, nice! I uh, I actually just planted mine for the first time ever. I got some from uh, Brian at the Lodge Project. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you if you're familiar with uh, with him. He's a TSP guy, also. Right. Yeah, I, I haven't talked with him, but I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and we got some cucumbers and beans. And nice. Let's see, uh, regular cucumbers. Uh, now this is a deerberry. And it's a native, and it just was popped up, and deers love it, and you can make fruit out of it. And I just, I just started wandering around my property with my uh, my phone in the in hand. I've got a, an app called uh, Picture This on the iPhone, and then on, mm. on Android, it's um, oh, I wrote it down. It's uh, 
I, I forget. It's on. The, there's one for iAndroid. And um, <clears throat> I just started wandering around and said, what's this? And, you know, identify, oh, that's that's actually useful. And looking, looking around, there are tons of berries and medicine plants and all kinds of things just all around. Dude, those, those apps, uh, it's funny you bring that up because the last interview I did um, that by this time, people listening to this, it will be published. Uh, there's, uh, it's Seeker, I Seek, Seek, Seeker, what is it? It's just Seek by iNaturalist, which is part of like by um, National Geographic and stuff. It yeah. uses like AI to recognize plants or whatever. It's yeah. ever since I downloaded so the guy, uh, Simon, he recommended it to me. And ever since I downloaded it, I've been very aware of like plants in my area. And right. uh, I'm like, oh, that looks weird. I'm like, yep. and I go and I scan it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like I was, I was on a job site last week, and I saw like this odd looking flower. It looked kind of cool, and and so I'm like, what the heck is that? And so I scanned it. I forgot the name, but it's like turns out like it's poisonous and like it can kill cattle and stuff. And I was like, whoa! Good thing I haven't seen that on my property. That yeah. on someone else's property. Yeah, um, and those things are scary accurate. They're definitely, I definitely recommend anybody get it, especially in these times. Get it, start using it, and um, and just practice it and find what's around you because you will find lots of stuff around you. Yeah, and you become just more aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Just like, yeah. uh, you know, ooh, that, that flower is a little bit different than that flower, but these yeah. are both types of mustard, yep. that kind of stuff. So we got uh, dewberries that just popped up. These are like blue blackberries, very similar, uh, but they're more, I guess I wouldn't say, I don't know, the thorns are a little bit smaller. The berries are a little bit um, tighter, but but they're basically a blackberry. And they're very vigorous, and they love Florida. And they just come, you know, come up everywhere. Uh, Dusty Miller that is a, um, my wife won't plant anything unless it's either food or supports food. And so this would be something that I don't know, know the purpose, but it's a, it's a pretty little plant. Um, there is an elderberry. Now this nice. one came from a, a volunteer that popped up in our, our yard two houses ago. And so she encouraged it. And then we moved to the second house and uh, she brought a, a cutting with her and she was growing that and it was in a pot. And then she, we moved again out, out here in the woods and um, there was, uh, she brought the pot with the soil and just dumped it on the ground and in the uh, compost pile and it started coming up and I pulled out the plant ID app and there's, there's a, uh, an elderberry. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Plants so are, I, plants are crazy, man. I know. I know. So I moved this one to um, the, uh, to the fence line. <clears throat> All right, so we got in Florida tomatoes don't do well except one particular variety just goes explodes, and that's this one's called a, an Everglades tomato. Oh, and they're, nice. they're cute little things. They're about the size of marbles. They're just little, and they they explode with flavor, and they just come back year after year. They're a great little plant. You, they, they seem to thrive on neglect. You, you don't have to baby them or anything. That guy, that stem kind of looks like a guy that's like picking up like two tomatoes, <laughs> and he's got like two yeah. tomatoes on his feet. That's funny. Uh, we got a figs. Figs. Figs are happy in Florida. So I'm, I'm emphasizing things that are happy in Florida. And I know a lot of your viewers are not in Florida. 
<clears throat> but I'm emphasizing these sorts of things because one of the ways that I do um, my survival, regenerative gardening for chronic fatigue is I need to look for, for the stuff that is just most happy where I'm at. You know, so if you're in Colorado, you're going to look for the stuff that's happiest in Colorado. And if you're right. in New York, you're going to start looking around for the stuff that's happy. It, the mistake that a lot of people make, and I did it too, is, oh, I really like that variety or I like that thing. I want to grow it here. And it's just a real challenge. But oh, this is this is helpful for, yeah. for sure. Because like yeah. when, when this does get published um, on the website, I've got a map and I drop okay. a pin like, so, like, for you, I'm going to drop a pin on Hollister, Florida. Yeah. It's going to have a link to our our interview on okay. YouTube. And uh, so, if you, so whoever visits, be like, oh, whoa, Florida, cool. And, like, what works for homesteading in Florida? Let's yeah. listen. Yeah. So, that's, exactly. that's the idea. Okay. Oh. And then we have, oh, it's Galang, Galangal Ginger. Galangal, Galangal Ginger. I'm uh, not sure about that one, but my wife planted that one, and it's looking good. Uh, Gallardia, pretty little flower. And then this guy we call Gordito. Uh, <laughs> since, since we put in a lot of this, um, these plants, we're just seeing, you know, life come. And, and uh, these these are, in Florida, we've got these fat little anoles that, are, that, that crawl, crawl all over everything, and they're very bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one's a little unique. He's he's the color of tree bark, which I've never seen before, and uh, he's a he's 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 fat. So he's like he's his middle is wider than the typical linoli. Sure. Uh, they're they're like, they're like sl- slimmer, and uh, so she calls him Gordito. <laughs> I actually had a pet anoli in like yeah? third grade or whatever. <laughs> like we we had like a twenty of them or something like that yeah? in our in our class, and uh-huh. you know had to like put your name in to draw at the like end of the thingy to see if you <laughs> could win it. And I won one and that thing lasted no, like two years, uh, sorry, three years. Yeah. Like it, uh, I kept it for three years. That was, um, that was <laughs> cool. yeah, you would accidentally have- cut its tail off with the, oh. like, like putting, putting the lid back on the cage. I, it's tail was stuck and I didn't see it. And so, like, Oh um, man. It like you know just freaked out and uh, <laughs> but it, it, I mean the the tail like had a little nub on it like it was starting to regrow yeah. so yep yeah you wouldn't need to to uh, win any contests here you just walk outside and they're, they're by the dozens <laughs> dude I'm from Minnesota there ain't yeah. there's like no lizards I'm, no lizards like, uh, I guess a salamander like salamanders but yeah okay yeah they're like everywhere and they the little guys are so bold that you can walk almost right up to them and they just do little push-ups like they're threatening you like what's up <laughs> and then this one is the uh she made three gray water traps we have an rv we have a uh, two rvs rather and they dump the gray water and uh then we have a washing machine and so there's th- we have three traps all surrounded by bananas so she put um she dug a hole put mulch in the center and uh, put bananas all around to absorb all that water. Bananas are very thirsty plants, mm. and they just love, you know. So when you when you can dump that water constantly, they'll recycle that, and it's just beautiful. It's just a wonderful way that works. Um, nice. That's super yeah, cool. That is, yeah. So it was great to be able to use that again. 
uh, African marigolds. We have a beehive. It's it's vacant this year, and I, with with us moving in, I said I need to just keep it vacant. We'll just try again next year. They uh, they they fled both of them, and I don't know uh, you know what exactly I did wrong. So we'll just have to try again. I've got some good beekeepers uh, at our church, so we'll, we'll keep up with them. Nice. Uh, kale and beans. This is called katuk or katuk. Uh, it's like a multivitamin, very pro high in protein. Can you spell that out? K A T U K. Let's see. How do you spell it? K A T U K. Cool. Yeah. I remember that. All right. So we got here some marigolds, purslane, um, some calendula. There's some. Um, Many, many tomatoes. I mean, really many. They're like six inches tall. They're, they're hiding behind the uh, green beans there. Huh. And um, very small little guys. And then uh, be, uh, beans and uh, cucumbers, bok choy. Uh, this is a project we just got done today. She sent me the pictures today. Uh, we're digging a new compost trench. And so that's one of the methods that we found is very useful is just digging cotton. In, uh, in Florida, instead of going up, you go down. You go down into the soil. Okay. We're digging down there. We're going to fill that with uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Is that just like straight sand and like one inch of topsoil top? Like <laughs> the, the most? It's, uh, it's not entirely sand, but it's like 80% sand. It's just Yeah, victory. it looks like a lot of sand. It is. It's it, There's a little bit of loam, but yeah, but you know, you, you get a lot of sand there. Mm-hmm. And so you have to sort of think about your plants. Like, you know, we have the opposite problems that a lot of people have. Like, you know, so instead of uh, too much moisture, like it just shoots right through it. Uh, you can put compost on and in days it's gone. You put wood chips down and it like eats it alive. There's, you know, there's, there's a, it, you really, you're fighting geology when you're working with this kind of sand. And so there's some tricks and tips that I picked up from a guy named David, uh, good, David Goodman or, uh, otherwise named David, David, the good, you heard of him? No. Okay. So David Goodman is an excellent resource for a Florida homesteader. He's approaching it with, um, low cost. If you're cash strapped, um survival and his website is the survivalgardener.com so he's writing from he writes largely from a florida perspective but he tries to you know include other states as well that sounds interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look into him yeah you really got really ought especially i mean a lot of his stuff is just generic so it works he wrote a, a great book on compost called compost anything and he really, really means that. In fact, he wears a shirt that says, compost your enemies. There's <laughs> <Nice. laughs> uh, like some pentas. The, the bees love that. Now, this is a permaculture guild that is being started. This was a pile of wood chips. Okay. So we, we moved all the wood chips, placed them and uh, where they belong. And then, so this is the start of it. And then this is it planted. Hey, uh, cool. In the center are, is an arbaquina olive, which is... There are very few olives that like the Florida climate, and Arbuquina does well. Um, Texas sage, arrowroot, roselle hibiscus, tarragon, golden seal, chicory, 
Buttonflower, Sweet Majorum, Bee Balm, and Salvia. Salvia? You planted salvia? That's what she did. I, I, I hadn't looked into salvia. What, why do you react that way? Tell me something I don't know. Uh, it might be a different salvia, but it's uh, back when I was a teenager, anyways. Uh, salvia was like synthetic weed, and oh. it would get <laughs> like no. high as hell. Wow. High as hell. Wow. No, no, not that. I don't, unless she got it for medicinal value. <laughs> Hey, I don't. Hey, no judgment. It doesn't matter to me. I just never heard of anyone planting salvia. No, no, we don't do that. Um, no, in the, I, the lower in the lower right corner is that yeah. you just have, do you just mushroom spawn or did, did yeah, that looks like mushroom down? spawn. I don't remember that being there, but and as we're talking, I'm looking at it, going, yeah, that looks like mushrooms. So because that was a wood chip pile, I wouldn't be surprised. Sure. And we want we want mushrooms. That's that's good fungus. Yeah. This here in the foreground is a pineapple guava. Oh. Yeah. So what does that mean? Into, What's a pineapple guava? Yeah, it's going to grow into a guava, but I, I think the pineapple means that it kind of has a pineapple flavor. That's about, about all I know. Oh, cool. Uh, it, she's been doing a lot more than I have. This is one of the one of the tricks of the if you're. Chronic fatigue is to find a partner who's willing to get out there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, she her mom was a uh, was born a homesteader, so um, when I married her, she was not really doing that much in homesteading uh, or gardening or anything. It wasn't interesting to her. But I saw, you know, you asked me how we got started. Um, I saw in 2007, I saw things were just getting bad and getting worse and, you know, that we're starting to have that, that meltdown financial crisis. I said, I really need to learn how to grow my own uh, food. And so I started getting outside and growing stuff and she came with me and she's shot right past me. She's just gone, you know, picked up her mom's homesteading gene and just gone nuts. It's just like her favorite thing to do is get out there. So she's doing a lot of it. All right. So. We have some wildlife coming in. We got now a little rabbit, and I like what Jack Spierko says: "Is you're growing a rabbit garden." You know, I'm 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 not worried about at all about him um, eating my sweet potatoes because, you know, if it comes time, I can just go out and harvest them. And uh, uh, I eat a carnivore diet, so that wouldn't be too difficult at all. Just you know, put put the uh, rabbit in the fryer, you know, or catch him and use him. to raise a, fa- a family of rabbits, I suppose. I, don't know. I honestly thought about getting rabbits and just like breeding them, yeah, and then just letting them all go and just <laughs> like boost the boost the rabbit population around in my place, so I wouldn't have to keep them myself. Yeah. Like, and they'll just figure it out on their own. Uh, <laughs> the, the eagles near me will be plenty happy, and the owls and right. um, dogs, I guess, but. Uh, yeah, just low maintenance. Just like right. plus it, it, it gives me an excuse to start like learning how to trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. So this one is a very uh, there are very few squash that like Florida. This one is loves Florida. It's called a Seminole squash, Seminole pumpkin, excuse me. And Seminole pumpkin, okay. Seminole pumpkin, and it you, and it, it it's like the Everglades tomato. It just thrives on neglect. You just put it in the ground and it just goes nuts. I don't have to do anything to it. It just goes all over and spreads like crazy. But it's so beautiful. Um, the flowers I'll show you are 
There's a little pump. There's a little pumpkin growing. The flowers are. Oh, I didn't have the picture. That one. I had a picture. I thought I included it. That this flower you can see uh, is bigger than my hand. It's just a huge, huge flower, hmm. and it draws in the sweat bees, and they uh, they're they're out there in the morning and getting the pollen out of it. And it's a real ephemeral. It only shows for a day, and then it goes away. The flower does. Just a day, huh? Um, yep, yeah, just a day. Then, then another another flower comes up next to next to it. This is called a um, very interesting plant. I wish I got a video of it. It's called a um, uh, sensitive briar. And I love little pom poms. It's really great for pollinators, and it's a nitrogen fix, fixer. But the sensitive briar, when you touch the uh, the leaves, you can see on the bottom there that the, they look like uh, sort of like palm fronds. When you touch those leaves, they instantly curl up like they're afraid. Huh? That's like them. a that's like an avatar thing. Yeah, like. it is. It's a lot like an avatar. It's just it's wild. It's it would be like a Venus flytrap. It has that auto. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's that response. That's if you touch wild. it, it just it instantly starts to curl, and it and it uh, and then after a few hours, it re, it relaxes. But uh, it's a neat little plant. Interesting. And it just there it is. There's more of it. it. Just grows. It's a wild plant, and I'm gonna it looks start. like a fern. Yeah, it's a kind of a mimosa. It's a relate relative to the mimosa. If you have any mimosa up there, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so around here, mimosa are everywhere and they're invasive, but they oh. are nitrogen fixers and they're very. Uh, they just they just grow everywhere. They're a beautiful little plant though. Uh, strawberries. Um, more strawberries. Nice. There's there's a better picture of those sweet potatoes that decided to just come up through the weed. Oh yeah. Yeah, through the weed cloth. They're just so aggressive. Well, you did say that your ground just eats through stuff, so apparently it yeah. eats through uh, ground cover as well. Yeah, like but, a now, weed barrier. but now David recommended sweet potato. David the Good, David Goodman recommended sweet potatoes as, as a Florida crop, and he was right about that. And I found a particular variety at a, at a grocery store. I just went to the grocery store. In fact, it was at this Whole Foods that I picked it, and I just you, you put it in a in a pot. You let it uh, come up with uh, with the um, with the uh, with the slips. You pluck those off and you put it in the ground. It, it's one of the simplest ways to get going, and a single um, sweet potato will give you just dozens of slips. You can make nice. just, you can cover your property with with, with in a, you know in a, in a couple of years with sweet potatoes just from one one plant, just one tuber. So it's an excellent survival crop. And this one also is an excellent survival crop. It's called a, a, a Diascora, I think it's Bulbifera or a lot. I can't remember. But it's a it's the true yam. And it's oh. uh, it's invasive in Florida. You can go around in, in the woods and see it uh, yams growing. And uh, you dig them up and the root is like, can be up to 10 pounds. So it's like digging up a sack of potatoes. Dang. Yes. That's kind of cool that it spirals around that, yeah. uh, that hoop there. That's yeah, cool. and, and if, it, if I let it, it would take over this entire greenhouse. It's just, I'm going to have to move it. I just had it there for uh, the time being, but I'm going to have to move it. How do they, how do you, how do you move it? Uh, it's in a pot right now, so I, I haven't yet put it in the ground. Uh, but I when I tell. put it in the ground, I'm going to have to let it uh, make a trellis and let it climb the trellis and just chop the, uh, the arms from going, you know, sideways. Because sure. it's just it's just gonna go happy if you just let it. But you know what a good problem to have, like you know letting 
it's a it's a true yam, so it's like a carb. Yeah. Um, this one is called white flowering yarrow. And then in the background is that kata. Oh, yep, yep. And that is the short tour of the Davidal homestead. Nice, man. Yeah. I've got maybe after the show, like I'll, I'll do like some bonus stuff. Like that's, uh, I kind of forgot to preface that. Um, that after I like to talk a little bit, like just kind of like BS a little bit. Little yeah. little bit of bonus content. I have more questions, but I want to get through my initial questions first. All right, sure. Yeah, we, you started to ask a question, and we went off into the uh, slideshow. But you asked to help we get do started. That. In, in we do that sometimes. Um, what's that? I said, yeah, we do that sometimes. We uh, <laughs> we, we get <laughs> off on a tangent. Yeah, that, it happens. Right. Well, um, the uh, it was as I mentioned, it was. Um, I'll, I'll go back. My wife Cherie, she had a a, a thyroid issue. And she had allergies with her um, the medicine. The medicine was actually giving her an allergic reaction. Uh, and she tried different thyroid medicine, nothing. So she, the doctor gave put her on a uh, anti um, anti allergy diet called Fine Gold. Now Fine Gold um, uh, helps also helps children with ADHD. And uh, so she appreciated that so much that she got involved and she got it was on for a while she was on the board of, of directors with them uh and uh, so while we're doing that we're one of their top recommendations is to remove artificial ingredients from your diet so uh that helps like so many kids like 17 out of 20 kids go off of their adhd medicines just by removing artificial colors flavors preservatives so dang yeah it's a big 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 impact uh, so we would go shopping like at Whole Foods and, and there's a local health food store. And I was one day I was in there looking at a book and it's talking about the vegan diet. So oh, I should try that. Um, I did that for five years. The first two years uh, were great. I loved it. Felt good. And then the last three, I just, my health just declined and, and collapsed. Um, but during that time was the 2007 financial crisis. And I'm like, oh, I want to do gardening and then my health is declining so, oh. so sort of bumbling along and stumbling along I, you know I expected a, a financial collapse to come any day now but I was uh, so I was just worried and tired and uh, but uh, you know just sort of figuring things out as best I could well it was, it was 2016 and we had a hurricane and in Florida when you have a hurricane it's it's usually not a big deal, but this one's coming close. And so I said, I'm gonna uh, take our family. We took our RV, took my mother-in-law, took took the whole family up into Georgia, and we decided to uh, camp out there. And uh, it, we were just really enjoying ourselves, um, but uh, we had to hurry back. And I said, Oh man, um, it'd be great if mother-in-law had a, a chicken coop door opener. Or she wouldn't. She had. She was keeping our family's backup. She was keeping our family's chickens, and uh, she couldn't. She had to. She had to hurry back. You know, to let the chickens out. So it'd be great if she had a chicken coop door open, or she wouldn't have. She could take a take a break every now and then. Uh, you know, I said I was enjoying myself, but little side story. I, while we were in the RV, woke up one morning, uh, and I, I woke up to chewing something spicy. 
And I immediately knew what it is. Now, to, to tell you, I have a slight, I have a mild ant phobia, a phobia of ants. And I knew immediately this is an ant. I'm chewing an oh, ant. Oh, what? I turned the you light woke up to You were eating an ant. I was eating an ant. I was chewing an ant. I turned like the light. I crawled into your mouth while you were sleeping. Yes. I turned the light on, and, it, and over my left shoulder, I, I look, and there's 10 or 12 ants right there on my pillow. And I mean, I tell you, I have an ant phobia. I scream like a girl. I woke up everybody. Jumped well, that's out of bed. super startling. I jumped out of bed, turned the lights on, and there were ants everywhere. I had put the the, uh, the uh, power cord for the RV down onto an ant pile, and they followed that up into the RV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So we're so going back to Florida. You know, we're not going to enjoy this. In your RV. In the RV, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I'm, just, no. I'm just thanking God that none of them were biting. They weren't the biting kind because in Florida we have fire ants. And you do not want to get bit by a fire ants. Not and it, These weren't biting. So we're, oh, we're going back to Florida. And I'm, I'm, I get back home and we unpack. And I think, you know, I should probably look and see if they have a coop door opener that she could have. Uh, she wouldn't have to, uh, you know, stay so close to the home all the time. I get online and I realize that there's coop door openers, but they're really, they're dumb. And I'm working IT, right? So I'm thinking if it fails, when it fails, not if, when it fails, how am I going to know? Uh, I would, I would, if I were to do it, I'd have one that has monitoring and redundancy, heartbeats and all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm an IT guy. I'm, I'm approaching this like an IT problem to, to keep the, the chickens very safe. And I said, you know, I should probably make one for her. And then the, I got thought, I should probably sell one. And it was just the week prior that I heard Jack Spearco talking about uh, an automation business. Like you should, you should look into doing a business with automation. And so that was mm -hmm. fresh on my mind. I said, I should probably sell one. So I began to work then on that product called secure coop uh, that is going to eventually turn into secure farm, which is just going to, it's a core, you know, it's a right now, the initial product opens the door closes it, sends notifications to your phone. Um, but I'll, it, it would be easily to add new accessories like, you know, watching your, like you have electric fence, uh, the sheep got out or, you know, or the pigs got out because the electric fence was off and nobody knew. Mm. So it would be real easy to extend it with security and motion sensors and cameras and, and things like that. So I'm building this platform starting with the chicken coop and we'll work outward from there. And it's nice. called, the first one's called Secure Coop. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's going to have things like, you know, air sensors and humidity sensors and leg band trackers and things like that. I'm thinking I might do uh, self-moving chicken tractors. I'd like to do that. Um, where you that would to, be pretty wild. Yeah, you don't have to move the chicken tractor. That, that is simpler than it sounds from a technical perspective. Um, garden motion detector, soil sensor, beehive monitor, hydroponics, aquaponics, aquaculture. And so... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that, that the sky is the limit with this, and, and there's there's not much that addresses this, especially from a comp. There's nobody that's doing it from a comprehensive, you know, every all in one package. So, sure, yeah. So I uh, I knew a little bit about electronics, I knew a little bit about programming, but I had to learn a ton. I mean, I hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, just problem after problem, but I just kept driving at it. I know I'm gonna do this. I got this vision of what I'm gonna do, and um, 
you know, and then, then we got the parts shortage, you know, the microchip shortage. I had to change the design multiple times uh, and change the back end multiple times. You know, it was just a huge, I, I have a friend that I talk to all the time say, guess what? I hit another roadblock. <laughs> you know, it was like incredible. Just, but, but I'm finally on the right track. We've got now a, a working prototype. Um, so I was working on that January 2020. You know what happened in January 2020? COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. So I'm thinking, um, um, you know, as this thing's rolling along, I'm thinking I'm just not going to take the, you know, and so um, if my job demands it, what are we going to do? So I said, we need to move out to be with her mom just to make sure that we have us, we're on the safety net, that if I lose my job, we have a place to grow our food. We have a place to be. She's not going to charge us rent she just wants us to make sure and we, and we take real good care of her she lost her license not long after we moved in so we get to now now you know play uh driving miss daisy my wife does you know so yeah so it, was, it, it worked out really good um so we're stuck here for now but uh uh you know it's, there was a lot of sand and ants that when we, when we moved in but um we, we added things like biochar and uh, kitty litter is uh, bentonite clay, so you can buy bags of kitty litter that retains moisture in 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 sand. Um, biochar, hugoculture, pit compost was a big was a big hit. Uh, we could just, just about put anything into our pit compost, and it just come right up. Um, that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, and so it's a great place to, to dump our waste, but also you know start the, the next crops. By waste, uh, do you mean food scraps, or do you yeah. like? Okay, I didn't know if you were like uh, have like a composting toilet in your RV or something. We have a composting toilet. Yes, it goes in there as well. Nice <laughs> humanure, and um, so you, there's rules about humanure that you have to be careful with, and and but it's just like any other waste. Sure. So yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so we're, we're we're growing that. It's coming along. Um, and, you know, it's it's looking good. We've got a lot to do still. Uh, I'm, I'm planning to put in hybrid solar, which is in between off grid and on grid solar, uh, and so that on grid solar is great for saving money. Uh, when the power goes out, so does your solar. So they don't they're tied together, grid tie. And then off grid solar is great for when the power goes out but it's not good for saving money you're, you're replacing batteries a lot and so hybrid is right between the two you're while the sun shines you save money when the power when the lights go when the sun goes down you're back on the grid uh, but I figured it was better to have partial solar than no solar so I yeah that, that would work best in our budget so we're doing hybrid solar I'm going to be installing that um, yeah we got a well and you know mentioned we got the compost toilet so we're really set up man really good that sounds awesome yeah i've got more rv questions <laughs> for later i've got right. a lot more rv questions All right. later yeah. go ahead um so so what motivates you to grow your own food yeah so it was mostly it's just the the, the dark days that we're in um i don't i have a carnivore diet so i'm not going to be consuming the food unless it's just there's nothing available so, you know, that's a backup plan is, the, is to eat the, eat the plants. But um, uh, 
I recognize that with these dark days, we're going to have a lot of hungry people around us. We are going to be risky ourselves. The grocery stores are already starting to, you know. And so I saw saw it coming way back in 2007. I expected it by here by now, and it didn't. So I'm glad I had the extra time. Um, but, you know, setting my family up for the future. Um, it's also healthy. You know, um, if I'm going to eat plants, I'm going to eat stuff I want to grow. I'm, I'm going to grow on myself, so I'm glad about that. Um, my family, they don't do carnivore, uh, so, you know, I'm growing for them. And, uh, yeah, so this is just, you know, it's an all-around, it's it's great for uh, giving to neighbors. We've already given a few sweet potatoes away, and um, it's good for, you know, helping out, looking out for your brother and your, your neighbor and your, and your family and your children. So, yeah. Uh, where do you, are you, like, trading your like sweet potatoes and stuff or or any anything to kind of fuel your carnivore diet so it's it's um kind of like a know your farmer kind of thing oh um that's a great idea we're not there yet uh, i just buy the cow uh directly from a local farm well, there you I, go. I could possibly uh work out some trade in the future you know, we start getting some things growing in really hopping, especially the sweet potatoes. But anything in particular, uh, medicine, she, she grows. Oh, man, I, I wrote down, I decided not to bore you guys with, with the list, but it's she's growing like a um, 100 different kinds of variety of, of plants. It, it's a lot. My wife would be very interested in that. Is your wife on Instagram? She is on MeWe and on, uh, on Facebook. She's not on Instagram. Okay, well, maybe we can figure out. Uh, you can you can send me your wife's Facebook, and I can send All it right. to my wife, and because she's she like just this year, last year, or something like that. She just got into herbs and taking herbal yeah. classes and whatever. So, okay, um, yeah, we'll figure that out. Um, I'll tell. But you yeah, that. I guess you, you would you would need to trade a lot of sweet potatoes. Yeah, uh, to get a would. cow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but you know the, 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 all the possibility is that, and it's not one I haven't ruled out is that growing our stuff, growing fodder for whatever we want to animals we want to raise. You know, so I, I, I keep going back to sweet potatoes, but but their their leaves are edible by both humans and you know rabbits and things. And my, the rabbit here loves it. You know, so um, we could get that katuk that I showed you that's got high in protein. So. Uh, mulberry, we got lots and lots of mulberries, and uh, you know, I want we could there's a great for for fodder, so it's an option. I don't yet, yet know how much we can grow for ourselves, you know, and how much we need for the for the animals. I don't know how, but I, I think any bit would help. So, yeah, yeah, so we, we've already covered a lot of stuff that works well, there's a yeah. lot of things that you're doing that already works well. What doesn't work well for you or what's failed? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, the first thing I would say is is trying to plant things that don't belong here. Um, people people try to come in and they'll say, oh, I love my tomatoes from back home, the mortgage lifters, the, you know, the, the um, Cherokee purple. And you put them in and they just don't like it. They just don't like mm -hmm. it. And if not, say you can't do it here. But we're talking about the, the chronic fatigue guy, the guy who's always tired. 
what is the easy button for the chronic fatigue guy? And that's the, to look for those wild edibles that are either growing in the woods or they're native and they've been cultivated and they're very happy here. And so, you know, I'll try to put in uh, some things. Um, gosh, I don't even remember now, but they, they just weren't very happy. Um, and then we, we shifted to, let's see, we got a local permaculture um, uh, uh, ar- arborist. No, that's what I'm looking for. He's, he's got a nursery and he's very intelligent and he knows what he's doing. And he says, you know, this is great in this area. This is going to grow well here. So we got quite a bit from him. Um, awesome. Yeah. So what didn't work well is um, raised beds. Uh, I think in the ground is best. Uh, wood chips worked somewhat well, but I'd say you need a lot of wood chips and expect to constantly be piling them on. Mm. Uh, because like I said, the, salt, the sand, and it, you're working against geology. Just the sand just consumes it. It loves it. Compost on the soil, just it's gone. Her mom, before we moved into this area, was she was planting in this garden and she just poured bag after bag of black cow uh, compost on this and you can't even tell there's just no it, it, it's like it, it's like it wasn't even there. Jeez. Um, okay, so does it actually? It just does it does it break down really fast yeah. or does it like does the sand just like consume like consume it so it just breaks down? Yeah, it breaks down. It, it's, there's not a lot to hold it in. Mm. So the the, the um, you're just you're dealing with it's sort of like a David Goodman described it like uh, hydroponics. So if you treat it like hydroponics, you know you dilute your your minerals in the water and you water like that. That's another way to do it instead of trying to lay it on the soil. Mm. Okay. That's the way I'd yet, I haven't yet to try that. Uh, fertigate, you know, fertigating, irrigating, fertigating, where you know you're you're diluting your minerals and so you're treating the, the 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 soil like it's hydroponics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, other things I did wrong or you know, just bit off too much on the chronic fatigue. I needed needed to start with small and do it well. I tried to put in too much last year and I just couldn't keep ahead of it. Uh, so I want to, you know, do, do small, do it well, and replicate. And do it once. You know, like think think permaculture, think permanent, think um, uh, perennials. And in, in Florida, again, I'm going back to sweet potatoes, like I keep mentioning, but they are just a great plant because in this zone, they are perennial. They come back year after year. You don't have to do anything. They just come right back. Um I did spend, I think, too much on seedlings, on, on things. Now, I justify that in part by, you know, from my from the permaculture um, uh, uh, nursery. I justify that by saying, well, it did save me time, and it, it will be replicable. I can take this cuttings off of that in the future. So, you know, it's a higher upfront. It will save money in the long run. Um... One thing. Oh, yeah, we had those. Have you seen those patty, patio planters that spin? They have like the, the pockets on all four sides, or all sides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can stack them up to like yeah. six feet high or something. Yeah. yeah. They're really cool, and fire ants love them. <laughs> you put worms in the middle of there, and then the fire ants just come up inside and, and eat off all the worms. <laughs> Sounds like you just got a big tower of ants. Yeah, you did. Like, yeah. Uh, 
Like, like I don't know if you remember, like those those clear, those clear yeah. like ant, like like acrylic, like ant. Yeah, the ant farms, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so in that and, and worm bins, we tried worm bins, and they just ants got in there. So I'm gonna try to get worm bins again, but but put like a moat around it so they can't climb across the moat. Okay, sure. But um, like, would you would you ever do like one of them like like a bathtub to like for like a worm bin and then yeah put like the like a moat around the bathtub or something? Yeah, David recommends that. So he's he's he has a video on doing that exactly that. He uses an old bathtub. Uh, so it's it's definitely an option, and I would like you said put a moat around it. It doesn't even need to be a whole moat around the whole thing. Uh, if you've got like four legs under it, just each leg needs moat. It needs a moat of, of motor oil or oh, okay. yeah. So <laughs> you put you put motor oil. So I'm assuming it's yeah. in a container. Don't just like dump motor oil in the right ground. right down on the ground. Yeah, but I I bought uh, moats for my bees uh, for the same reason. It's a little mm, little container okay. of motor oil. And I think that it needs to be wider, but um, you know, it has a shield over the top because the bees would fall into that oil and they would die. So it's got a shield. So, gotcha. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that we did that didn't do so well. What would you say the best part about homesteading is? Oh, the best part about homesteading. Um, I just love the beauty. Well, there's, I, there's not there's not one best thing. I, I love the beauty uh, when I walk out in the morning, and and you know those pictures I showed. I think of um, garden pictures kind of like as ugly child pictures. They're really only very beautiful to the per person who has the child. That's kind of true. You know, and the garden. Yeah. I just look at that garden. It's oh, it's so beautiful. And and I know I show it to other people and say, yeah, that's nice. But for me, it's just amazing. So I go out there in the morning, first thing in the morning, I just soak up the eye candy, um, uh, you know. But uh, the other thing I like is I, I meant to include a picture of uh, my family working together. Um, let me see if I can. No, I can't find it. Anyway, there, you know, just the idea that the family is getting into it. My middle son uh, actually used his allowance this year to buy figs and buy, and he doesn't get much allowance. So for him to do that instead of buying a Nintendo tells me that there's an interest there, and he really is. He's interested in it. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, so he's going to pick up that homesteading gene, I think, from his mama. And, uh, you know, he, it, so he's out there helping her, and, and she's out there. We have, a, uh, we have an autistic daughter, and she sometimes gets oh. out there. And so and my oldest son gets out there. We're all out there working. And and, uh, you know, there's a little bickering here and there, but we all love each other, and it's just a great time. Um, I do like also tasting the produce. You know, sometimes I know I'm eating a cardboard diet, but I will cheat a little bit now and then, especially the tomatoes. <laughs> you gotta, you got to sample the fruits of your labor, right? Oh, man. It'd be, it'd be a sin not to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other thing, the last thing I was thinking about, you know, you, What's great about homesteading is I'm just getting a, a, a start on this whole great reset nonsense that you know is going through. I'm gonna get a uh, we're gonna be in a pretty good place. You know we're gonna be set up and and we're gonna be started. We're not gonna be where we need to be, but having been started, you while things are relatively calm is just just a great way to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah just set set the table for. Uh... With the hard times, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
yeah. the practice and, and, the, and the knowledge and, you know, doing, making the mistakes now while it's not critical. What has been the biggest challenge in homesteading? Um, definitely my energy and motivation, um, you know, get started and then just, it, it's, it's hard to get Peter, you know, Peter out. Um, some days I can only seem to only put in like five minutes of work. Uh, so, but if about two months ago, I, I got some accountability from my pastor. I said, I, I put the word out, Hey, I need someone to call every day at the same time, every day and face that person and say, yes, I did the exercise. Or no, I didn't do the exercise. And that has been the change, a big change for me, just to say, oops. <laughs> oh, no. They took the lights off on you. Yeah, right. I'll, move. I'll move. Yeah, so I, have, I call him, I call him every, my pastor every, uh, every morning for two minutes to say, you know, I did it or I didn't do it. And he's, he's wanting accountability as well. You know, I didn't, I did it and I didn't do it. And so, you know, even just, just five minutes. There's a meme that I posted that just says, um, no matter how slow you go, you're lapping everyone on the couch. True. You know, uh, so I just got to get up and do at least five minutes every day, every day something. Um, but yeah, that's that's just been my, my biggest uh these challenges just, you know, getting up and she's, she's motivated. So that helps a lot. She's done, she did probably 75% of what you saw. Um, and I've been able to afford with my job, you know, to pay for the, the, the plants and the starts and the seeds. So, you know, we're, we're, we're both in it together and we're, we're committed and we're making it happen. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a, that was a challenge. Um, and just, just learning and uh, with permaculture, I, I had an interest early on, and I couldn't translate a lot of the ideas into actual use. I'd like read about it, said, wow, that's really neat. And I'd read it again, that's really neat. But for whatever reason, I couldn't think how to implement it. So there, that was another challenge, just to, just trying to get the ideas from paper to, uh, to soil. So. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it, it takes time for those, those kind of things to brew. Um, it's like, just met like almost like meditate on it. Like, you know, like almost, almost like it's like a nagging problem. And so you just like run it through your head over and over and over different ways to go about it. Like, how can I make this apply to me? And um, like, okay, maybe I need to completely rework my entire thinking. Like, okay, like, okay, there it is. I got it. Like, this is what we're going to do. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then it looks nothing like what the what the idea was in the first place, but <laughs> came up with something totally totally different. But that, excellent, it works. Yeah. So you you've brought up chronic fatigue a lot. Um, what do you what exactly do you mean by that? Uh, it started with needing needing a lot of sleep, finding it very difficult to focus, concentrate, think motivated uh, there'd be some days i could only work 15 minutes the entire day i just couldn't couldn't bring myself to uh get get it together just just sitting on the couch just can't get up can't get moving tired slothful dragging everything's dragging and i'm, I'm still occasionally there but i'm doing a lot better these days 
Good. Is yeah. that fixed because of your diet, do you think? A lot of things. Um, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on different foods and therapies and buckets of vitamins and <laughs> doctor visits and chiropractors and coffee enemas. And <laughs> so I came down to a few core things that were really important for me. Um, diet, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, thyroid was, was a problem. And I worked with a great doctor and he allowed me to play with my medicine. I got that worked out. Now I don't even need thyroid medicine. My numbers are perfect. Uh, it, there's a ther- particular, he said, you accidentally did a something, something protocol and, and that's fixed your, you fixed your thyroid somehow. I never heard of anybody doing that, but I've no longer needed. Um, what? So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, my doctor is, um, is very uh, Western and Eastern medicine. He does both. Hmm. So he's very open-minded and he let me play with my, my, my dosage and I jacked it to the sky. I was taking like 10 times what a a person would normally take. And, uh, then found all of a sudden they didn't need it. I kept lowering it, lowering it. And I was like normal. And so he said, I accidentally did, I think Wilson's protocol. If you, if you, um, I'll put a note to, to give you that and you could put it in the show notes. Wilson's protocol. I think that was it. So I'll get, I'll get the information to you in case someone's curious about that. But, uh, thyroid, um, testosterone, uh, devotion to proper sleep. That has been a big one. I wear a mask. Uh, I keep the room cool. Well, like a CPAP or an eye mask? No, no, eye mask. Eye mask. Okay. They tried the CPAP, CPAP and, I, I threw it off and I'm glad I didn't. I, I, I really don't want to be dependent on that kind of thing. Um, cut out all electronics, um, just dedicated to getting a, a quality, good sleep. And that was a big, big fight because I was such a night owl. Any like melatonin, valerian root, magnesium, um, nope. nothing like that? No, just practices. Just, 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 you know, doing red light therapy. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I was going to bring the glasses. I have these glasses that I wear uh, after sunset that uh, look like Bono from U2, and uh, they're or, they're orange. They look like blue block. They're blue blockers. They block out all okay. blue light, and they, that stimulates the brain. And so I wear that uh, just after sunset, and it starts to help me calm down and to to relax mm. and you know, things like that. Um, I might need so, some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just picked up some uh, grounding sheets. So I'm gonna try those and see how those do. What's that mean? No, that's that's there's silver impregnated sheets, and they have silver thread that runs through them, and they connect to the ground in a power outlet, and that connects to the ground in the ground. And that what that does is that um, any positive electrons or positive anyway, you're, it, it it grounds your body and it and it feels like a cave is what they say. Weird. So, I've never yeah. heard of this. this yeah. Weird. Yeah. So it's like when you're out gardening, take off your shoes. I've heard that before. Yeah. It's the same idea. Yeah. It's the same idea. So now you're sleeping with that. So, you know, it's, mm. it's grounding and they're not expensive. They're like, I, I paid like um, 
50 bucks for a sheet, a little more expensive than, than, than I, I would pay for a bed sheet, but it, it's not too bad. So, uh, you know, devotion, zero caffeine, none at all, not even decaf, just hmm. zero caffeine. Because uh, decaf even has enough caffeine stimulant to cause problems. Um, the, the regular morning exercise, waking with the sun, looking at the sun, and the first thing in the morning as the sun rises. Um, and then the other thing I would, uh, uh, it's probably a little controversial, but uh, a born-again Christian. So I spent a lot of time talking about my concerns and my issues with my good father. And I have a great relationship with my Savior, Jesus. And so I pray and I've noticed that in this time, in this trial, uh, that it's weird. When I feel awful, the load for that day is not very heavy. There's not too much to do. And when I feel great, there's more to do. So the load has been matching my energy level in ways that mm. I can anticipate. You know, so that, that's been neat to watch. And just that has taught me to uh, really trust in the Lord in, 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 in trials. Um, and I've learned to drop the perfectionism. You know, don't don't have to get it perfect. You saw the weeds in the picture. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. Uh, and you know, I, I would say I would give advice to somebody who, if if they're just exhausted and they see this, they want to go get a garden. I would say when you're really really tired, spend more time thinking, reading, listening, watching, observing nature, it, learning about gardening because knowledge is a energy money time saver so when you're just zapped and you don't feel like getting up and moving start to look at youtube videos to understand what your next step will be when you do have energy so that you're not spending your wheels wasting a lot of time so man i consumed a lot of videos and books and, and things like that when i was just exhausted yeah so sure yeah and, and then take some shortcuts um I bought seedlings. I, 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 I'm unsure whether that was why I would have, I, if I was saving money, I would have just bought seeds or I would have got cuttings from people, but I got, uh, bought seedlings and, um, you know, they're, they're only, Hey, three, three bucks, six bucks, but it adds up after a while. So, um, but you know, uh, do a, do a small section and do it really well so that you know how to replicate that one small section. And that way it's not over, you're not doing too much at once, you know, trying to take on too much. So that's, that's why I would talk, talk about uh, the fatigue if you're trying to do this. Yeah, it can get, it can get overwhelming, but your, your case was definitely interesting because it, it needed a lot of, it needed a lot of fixing is what it sounded like um, before you could really yep. do anything. Um, yep. I was That's dragging my butt. If it, it, maybe, felt, it felt like get up and, and from the couch, it felt like 50 pounds on my shoulders at all times. Weird. It just felt awful. It just felt awful. So. I wonder if there's like a societal uh, problem there. Like that's like a, that's more common than people yeah. want to lead on or something. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Our, cult, our, 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 our world is set up for draining energy. <laughs> out of people you know, draining life absolutely yeah. absolutely that's why i like uh i like talking to people like this yeah um seeing people that do stuff like that gives like seeing other people do stuff gives me energy like yeah. they're doing this thing i'm gonna go do 
my thing or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. or you know, I want to do a little bit of their thing or. All right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just it's uh, it's just inspiring, I guess. Um, like seeing seeing like your garden, like your garden looks awesome. Mine looks like crap, so it makes me <laughs> inspired to do do better, take better care of it, I guess. Or uh, but you've got a garden. You've got a garden. I, kinda, yeah. Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. Kind of. Just 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 start with that. I've I've got a garden. A lot of yeah. people don't. A yeah. lot of people don't. So. Uh, that's yeah. true. Um, do you want to talk about, uh, what do you do if you're strapped for cash? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would initially, as you, as we discussed, I was going to say that this conversation would be, um, you know, survival regenerative gardening for the chronic fatigued and the cash strapped. And I realized I made some kind of awkward decisions that would make that an awkward way to explain it, but I still wrote down some of the ideas because, uh, you know, that is so important to me to, I, I, knew, I wanted to do years ago when I first got into this, I would like to learn ways to then teach others to not be so dependent on this system. And you can't do that if you're spending just buckets of money. Um, so now I'm going to say, let's make a suggestion. This is the opposite of Jack Spearco. He says, buy your calories and grow your nutrition. I would say for in a survival situation, I want to grow and I've read about this and people in survival situations. I want to grow my calories. Uh, that's harder. Um, you need more land for that. Uh, but the whole, the whole reasoning behind that is because um, you're, you're, you can fill in the gaps a lot of times with nutrition, with uh, foraging, multivitamin, uh, trading, and the other thing I've discovered is that it seems to me that some of the nutritional plants are easier to grow than the calorie plant uh, crops, um, especially the root, root calorie crops. They, they seem to be the easiest. Um, so, um, you know, putting a little herb in a, in a pot is beautiful and it's easy and it's not too expensive and it's not too hard. So I would, uh, I would, I would, I would go with your calories. Look in your, in your region for what are your calorie stable crops? Uh, some, some places it's going to be, it's going to be regular potatoes. In some places, it's going to be corn. Uh, for us, it's it's the yams, it's the sweet potatoes, it's um, you know those kinds of things. Uh, so whatever the calorie crop, the the, the book by Jeevan's um, How to Grow More Vegetables has a chart. You can download this if you look up the book How to Grow More Vegetables, and I can even send you a link to it. There is a a, 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 a public domain copy where you can mm. look at the charts they have. Uh, for what what is the square square footage that you're going to get out of uh, what is the uh, poundage pounds you're going to get uh, per square foot for this each of these crops and I just went through the list and said oh okay so the sweet potato for us and then I went and calculated you know what are the calories per pound so when you do that you kind of come up with okay then I need a lot of, you know this many to to meet our basic needs sure. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Let me send you that link uh, to Jeevan's book. Do you have more um, cash-strapped ideas? Yes, I do. Uh, so I would get get with uh, – I would look out and, and try to find as many permacultures as you can because they're going to have a, an abundance of cuttings. They're going to have the stuff that's happy in your region. 
and that's going to be easy. It's going to be not a lot of uh, inputs required. And so I would start with that. It's just, just, just start searching out who the permacultures around you. Um, I would get the app that on the, uh, what is it on the Android? Let me see. Oh, I don't have uh, PlantNet. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. Right, and, that, and, and, and on iOS, picture this. And on and you mentioned one on the earlier. I want to check out, but get get that and start to find out what's around you that you that you've already got. You know, growing that, that you didn't know that a, a dandelion is edible. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that um, uh, that cattails taste like celery. You know, uh, so not the fuzzy part. Yeah, not the fuzzy part. That tastes like uh, like a corn dog. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a meme. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would I would look for, and I would I would focus on seeds. Um, I would not do so many cuttings. Um, uh, the other thing I would do would be to find a forest and use the soil from the forest. You're not going to only get uh, you're not going to just get your soil. But it's been built up over time with that fungus, with that bacteria, with the mulch, with a lot of great crap that's just been, you know, laying on the ground. And just it's just being be great and it's free. Just go out and scoop it, you know. In fact, I wrote an article there with a lady who nearby was really suffering. And I said they did they had trouble with their job and, and stuff like that. And they, they were reaching out for help. And I said, I want this person to not only have the help, but I want them to also be informed. So I wrote them a letter about how to do this. I would take a, I told them, get a single sweet potato, uh, get forest soil, get a bucket, replicate it. You will be able to do that again and again and again and again. So, um, so yeah, I would look for that. I would practice composting and, uh, and not just composting. I would also practice a leaf duff, leaf compost, which is a more fungal dominated uh, kind of a compost because uh, compost, the traditional compost is bacterial dominated, uh, but our soil likes fungus as well as it turns more, it grows more into a forest. So your leaf molds are excellent for um, starting that progression into a forest. Uh, I would look for used tools on Craigslist or or flea markets, or just ask. You know, hey, I really could use a, a hose. Anybody got a hose? I would, if I were, especially if I were in the city, I would borrow land or I would guerrilla garden. So, you know, you got neighbors who got a little bit of a property, offer to grow and tend a garden on their property and in exchange give them half the produce. I'm sure you'll find many people who would take that offer. That's kind of like Curtis Stone, ain't it? Uh, Is that what he does? Uh, at least that's how we got started. He was oh, okay. like okay. farm, yeah. like urban spin farming or whatever they yeah, call yeah, it, yeah. like uh, farm other people's property and yeah, okay. give them a cut. I would gorilla garden, so I would go out into the woods and I would put things in the ground that uh, people wouldn't expect to be in, in, in the forest. You know, that, that, that don't need a lot of attention. If they walk right by a uh, potato leaf, they wouldn't know what it looks like. they just see that's it. That's true. Yep. Uh, I would make traps i would study like dave canterbury on youtube he's got a lot of videos on making traps we're talking about now now husbandry animal husbandry i would um for our for ourselves i would there's tons of muscovy ducks 
around here. And Muscovies are an excellent, excellent duck for raising in many respects. They're very hardy. They're good at, at, at being broody. They taste good. So they're just a, a great uh, all-around duck to, to raise. And you can and they just are everywhere, at least in our area. I don't know about your area, but around here, Muscovies are just crazy. Uh, am I saying Muscovy? No, Muscovy is the... Muscovy, Muscovy, I've heard it both ways. That's the ones that have the, the red bar, uh, on their head. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, that's the right one. It's a Muscovy duck. And then I would just, uh, if you're cash strapped, I would just learn, 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 learn. Just get a, a $3. Um, uh, David the Goods books are on Kindle, and you don't need a Kindle to read Kindle books. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, so you can get his books for like three dollars, five dollars, and just read, read, read. Watch YouTube. Just because knowledge is is a very good ROI. You can learn something, oh, yeah. and 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 you might you might even take you. I I, I paid a hundred dollars for a permaculture book, and I consider that even that to be a good investment. So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I would do uh, biochar which is taking, you know, wood chip and David's got a video on that. Um, I would do wood hugel culture where you're burying wood. Um, green leaves. I would capture the grass that's coming out. Careful with grass, you know, make sure it's not been sprayed, but uh, leaves are good to, to, to use for, uh, for compost. Um, yeah. So, uh, I would I would listen to people like Jack Spearco, although he'll tempt you. <laughs> he had a, he mentioned the, the the deal on those uh, on those uh, water pond pumps, and I had to get rid of them. <laughs> so, so Jack will Jack will tempt you. That's um, true. That's yeah, true. I would look around for native flowers for as pollinators, like we have the bahia grass that grows up, um, and I would ask around and I would propagate. I would get cuttings and seeds and ideas and knowledge. And the best thing I would tell yourself is if you're doing this, just tell yourself, I will kill things. Just say it. Just, just go ahead and admit it. I will kill things. I will kill plants. And that will get you over the emotional, you know, a, a worrying so much about, you know, oh, man, I'm, I'm not going to do great with this plant. Just just you're going to kill things. <laughs> you just are. You just get it. Just admit it before you even comes to it. That way you don't have to worry about it. That's true. I will say on the seedlings, sorry, on starting from seed versus getting like seedlings and transplanting them. Yeah. That, uh, starting from seeds hard. Okay. It's, I think, I think it's hard. Maybe I'm dumb and, <laughs> um, which is fine, but and no, 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 I, I, I definitely ne neglected my, I neglected my plants, like my seeds this year and they didn't, they've, they've, they're not doing as well as last year. So like what if you, for people that like, you know, kind of have like, amp, like apprehensive about starting from seed because mm. it's harder, like yeah maybe you could, like we talked about a little bit earlier, like barter or trade or help in their garden. And then you could like, they'll just like, we went over to a neighbor's for breakfast like a couple weeks ago and you know, um, they're new to the area and we are just like, they just showed us our garden and they had us take home just like eight plants. Like they just gave them to us cause they had too many. Uh, like, that's neat. like sweet. That's Thanks. Good. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. gardeners, homesteaders, farmers, like they're all quite, quite generous. They're just like, yeah. take this. <laughs> yeah. Like, Especially with zucchini. Yeah, that's true. It, wasn't there like a national zucchini day or whatever? Where yeah. Like, leave a zucchini on your neighbor's porch or something. Right, right. Well, uh, wrapping up here, what do you uh, want to tell people that want to get started? Yeah, um, so if anybody wants to get started, just start. You're going to kill something, but what you're going to get out of it right away, especially if you can start getting you know, one or two meals, have something that you grew, it's gonna, you're going to get an itch for it. You're going to be like, oh, you know what? I put the tomatoes in the salad, and that was really cool. I could do now some bok choy, you know. Um, I could do some lettuce and things. So I just just start. Um, you're gonna get the taste. Oh man, homegrown tomatoes are like I I, I, I sat and calculated one day. Homegrown tomatoes are exactly twenty eight point three four times tastier than the stuff you buy in the store. So. <laughs> Yeah, I figured that out with the calculator. Huh. <laughs> no. I was like, what the algorithm was. It, it wouldn't you would it wouldn't like I wouldn't put it past you to actually like come up with some formula to figure that out. I'm not gonna lie. No, right, right. No, no. Um that's my little joke. No, but you just start you get the taste, the nutrition. I mean anything grown that even at Whole Foods is going to be deficient because they have to plant it for, uh, they have to um, select the crops that are best to transport and survive on the, on the shelf, not necessarily the ones that are most nutritious and best tasting. You know, so when you do it yourself, I don't care how, how badly you do it, there's still going to be better in nutrition than anything in store. Um, and your self-sufficiency, you know, you get, you get started on your own and it's one less meal or meal or, or, ingredient that you had to buy you know yeah. and, and and it's going to cost more at first you, uh, there there's a book that was written called the 64 dollar tomato where a guy calculated all right this tomato i got is great but it, after all the expense i put into it it cost 64 dollars um and that was like 15 years ago so you know it'd be a, a 200 dollars yeah a thousand dollars but um, yeah, just 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 go at it. Um, John Moody had a advice. He said, pick two things you can do per, per week for two years. Your life will look completely different. But it's the kind of change that you can digest. So just two things, it. two things a week for two years, like two, two things different things. Yeah, yeah, so, two things, two so new things. What's that like? A hundred and four things. Yeah. After two years, okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wait, do you just do the same two things every week for two years? No, no. Yeah. So that way you're you're not biting off more than you than you can chew, you know. Sure. But, but you're picking up some new things, and your life will be just radically different. Uh, and if you, and the other thing I would say is if you're if you're like me, you're you're just tired. Uh, but you but you have the, but in your and maybe you're tight on money. But still, just do it. Just start to read about it. Start to watch the videos and get excited about it. And and think about that first tomato. That first tomato is like gold. Yeah, that first one that pops off the, the plant that you grew, you, you put in your mouth, and it's like liquid sunshine. It's amazing. <laughs> and I don't care how small it is or how mealy it is. And it's it's your ugly baby. It's your ugly baby, though. You love it. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, look around for those uh, 
staple survival crops that are good for your area. Um, use the soil from the forest. Uh, don't be afraid to move far away from the, from the city. If, I still keep my nine to five job by commuting in and I sleep in the van and uh, if you can do that, you know, that's a way to do it so that you can, you don't have to, you know, buy one that's near the city. You can buy something that's a little further out, save a lot of money. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're just coming into harder times where you just have to make decisions like that. So, yeah. So that's, those are the kinds of things I would suggest books by, uh, there's a book by Ann Ralph called Grow a Little Fruit Tree. It's about um, pruning. Nice. How to keep your fruit trees from going going too large. Uh, and uh, as mentioned, David Goodman or David the Good, and he's on YouTube and he's got books and things. Uh, John Moody has a book, The Frugal Homesteader. Um, and Suzanne Ashworth has a book called Seed to Seed. So nice. those are the things I would suggest, yeah. Those are great references. That sounds yeah. good. Um, let's, so looking at coming, coming back to secure coop, it mm -hmm. looks like you have a early bird presale going on. Yep. Um, can we, can we talk about this a little bit? So Absolutely. it's the, the initial, the initial thing is 75, $78. What's the, what's the, what's included in that? That is the monitor only. So if you, a lot of people already have coop door openers and they just like to keep an eye on it. And that, so that one version, that's the first one that's going to come out. It's, it lacks a motor. It's only just for monitoring what you already have. So, you know, you get alerts in the morning, alerts in the afternoon, and it has the, the server heart beating, and it has all of the, the backups and the redundancy. And I, and being that I work in IT, uh, I protect servers that, you know, run transactions in the billions of dollars. So I have to make sure that these servers never crash. And so I was able to develop this in such a way that I can give my customers a, a, a no lost birds guarantee. If they ever lose, if I, if there's ever an issue that comes up that I don't notify them of, and as a result of that, they lose their flock, I will replace their entire flock. Up That's to, a wild guarantee. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone else can, right. can match that. Yeah, yeah. Up, I, I have to. I can't do or even you know, enormous flocks, but a, a flock of ten birds. I might extend that. In fact, I think I will extend that to twenty birds. So I'm going to update the website and say twenty bird flock. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, I feel confident that uh, I will notify the user. Now, what they do with that notification is on them. But sure. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep a record of the notification. You know, then I, I I did send it to you that that sort of thing. Sure. Dang, dude, that's crazy. I did yep. see that little note and I was like, what? Is he yep. serious? I'm serious. I'll replace the whole flock. That's that's cool. So so let's say let's say I wanted I, I have nothing. Um so seventy eight bucks, door yep. type, like add the add the motor yep. for uh two twenty and a self locking coop door for thirty four twenty. All right. <laughs> I'm assuming your laptop died. Yeah, I, my battery. Uh, I was. I, I thought I had more time than I did. So we were talking about the coop. I yeah. added. I added basically just 
everything to the to my cart. Uh, let's see, and the coop door. Yep. And so, so for for the secure coop monitoring, the motor, the self-locking coop door, and the monthly subscription that's annually. I was looking. I'm looking at three hundred twenty-two dollars seventy cents one time, and then sixty-five dollars a year for the monitoring. So yeah, okay. the monitoring. Um, if I don't, if I choose none monitoring, then I don't get those notifications. And that first, that that first thing doesn't do me any good. The actual, right? Yeah, there's no per- no reason at all to buy just the the the, uh, the monitoring only piece without monitoring. Okay, useless. You would you, you you there will be some people who will balk at you know paying a monthly fee, and I get that. And so I wanted to give them at least something. And so it works on a timer like a dumb opener. So. Oh, okay. I've yeah, seen you, some with a timer, some with a photo cell, some. Right. Uh, so there's pros and cons. What I, I do, really what I do with that is, um, I take the when the when they set it up initially, the phone has a GPS does a GPS lookup and says, okay, this is where I am. Okay. I do get the sunrise and the sunset times for that location, program it, download it to the to the coop. Cool. So that it, so then it would change daily, then, right? Yeah, yeah it changes okay, cool. daily with with the sunrise with the, with the seasons. It changes. You know, it, it opens and closes on a schedule, and that's that was because I saw the ones with the with the lights with the photo cell. They can be tricked by like by, by bright lights or by cars passing by. Shadows. Or yeah. If, if shadows or or, or a cloudy day, and uh, and the timer, uh, you've got to either program each you know the, the, the timer to work with the, the the changing seasons or or you know you just put up with it so i said well, that's I think a good a point yeah so. yeah because it would be super easy to throw on a photo cell because it's just yeah. like well it's just all right there it's all integrated in the thing but then you're yeah. not accounting for you know all all those factors that you just that you just mentioned that makes a lot yeah. of sense so and and it probably would work you know, 90% of the time and I would have an alerting if it didn't work, but why go to that trouble when I've got, when I know your location from the phone, I can just go hundred percent and, and just download the entire table for the entire year into the, into the device. It works offline. So if your, your internet goes down, it's still going to open and close on the, on the schedule. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, so when will this be available? Uh, later this year, I think, um, I, I've been bad at uh, estimating. You know, I thought we'd be ready a while ago, but um, I think now a lot of the major hurdles have passed, and I should be able to get it out later this year. Uh, I'm hoping because the start of the of the buying people start to look for this kind of thing December 15. I found it on you know the the the, the search trends. So December 15 would be ideal if I can get it in before then. Nice. Well, we'll yeah. uh, we'll definitely plug your stuff again when it does get released. Thank you, and uh, you because I'm having a presale, I am offering your customers a twenty dollar coupon. Uh, Thank you. Just type in the coupon is Farm Hop Life Rocks. All right, Farm Hop and Life Rocks. I like it. Farm Hop Life Rocks, and if, and if any of them are Jack Spearco. Member support brigade. There is a coupon there. They pay and, double. 
Yeah, and and uh, I think I set that to sixteen percent. Just to just I like playing with weird numbers, sixteen percent. And then sure. uh, the um, uh, the uh, the other other coupon is if you get on the mailing list, I've got an early bird coupon that I'm going to be sending out. So you can combine all three of those. Three. I have four fingers. Combine all, combine all three of those. Combine all three of those coupons, and you'll be able to save a lot of money. I I just signed up for your uh, thingy that it popped up in the in the corner. It's like forty yeah. secure coop tips. And yeah. Like, so it's, hey, I want to know forty secure coop tips. So yeah. So signed uh, up for that. Go to the website securecoop.com, and there's an e- like you just did, and there is an, a sign up to get on for the ebook. Uh, you can get a free ebook that I wrote about coop protection, all the different ways I've found of protecting coop. That's awesome, man. I'll yeah. uh, I'll be sure to have links for secure secure coop, uh, secure coop. plus all of your uh, social media links: MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Gab, and Float. So all I right. will make sure to add all of that and. Uh, awesome. And uh, yeah, just hang tight for a second. Um, we'll we'll yep. chat a little bit more. I appreciate right. appreciate you joining me tonight. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I learned a yeah, lot. It's been, been a lot of fun. I really What's that? <laughs> it's, it's been wild. Uh, this this uh, just all the crazy different uh, different things you've experienced. It's been crazy for me. Yeah, so. yeah, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for the opportunity well, hey. to talk about it. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. That was a really fun interview with Christopher. I learned a lot and laughed a little at some of his ant misfortunes, but he's a great guy with a wonderful spirit. Check out his site, securecoop.com, and the promo code is Rocks. That's nice of him to set that up for us. Thanks for watching, everyone. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this video. Check out our website, farmhoplife.com. Sign up for our email list or Telegram channel there to be notified when new videos, interviews, and podcasts are available. We are on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, MeWe, and Float, kind of. Send me a message at farmhoplife.com contact, or you can email me anytime, matt at farmhoplife.com. I'm always looking for new people to interview. If you want to come on to talk about homesteading, farming, food security, homeschooling, regenerative agriculture, alternative building methods, or whatever, pitch me an idea. Go to farmhoplife.com slash guest. Go feed yourself. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. We'll come to your farm to help and to truck and an RV send us a message and there